And what we understand as we look in Scripture, what I want us to look at today is that we serve a supernatural God. He's supernatural. The church is supernatural. If we fail to believe this and understand this, we can never be the church that we see birthed here in the Bible. So I want us to look today uh, and, and thank God for intellect and brilliant minds and work and study. Those things are absolutely necessary. But what we have to realize is that a person that doesn't know Christ is limited in, in, in what can happen in the spiritual walk of their life. Or there, there's no beginning without Christ. So our minds are great. Our intellect's great. We, we encourage education and training. But when it comes to knowing God, that's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and once that begins, there's a whole other avenue that's open to us. We, we do not believe that reasoning and logic can create a miracle. How many heard what I just said? Reasoning and logic cannot create a miracle. Only the power of God can create a miracle. And so anybody ever needed a miracle in their life? You know what a miracle is? When something happens beyond human ability. And we've all needed those things in our life. So we need to understand. I just want to make sure as we walk through this supernatural that, that we see who the God is that we serve. It seems like everyone wants to limit God to man. And, and, and instead of limiting God to our small little frame, let's open our hearts and spirits and see the greatness of God. So let's look at this. Numbers chapter 23. Follow with me. And verse 19. What do we find about God? Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. All right? We start there. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? So what's the first thing we see here? God is not a man. How many get that? All right. I want you to then turn with me to John chapter 4. So Numbers 23 says God is not a man. Then, then who is God? What is God? How do we relate to him? Let's go to uh, John chapter 4. Uh, Jesus made a declaration here. That's very important. Let's, I, I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't want to take anything for granted in this. Because uh, believing in a supernatural God is a challenge in today's culture. It is a challenge. It is, uh, what I find is that anything that man cannot create, listen to me, anything that man cannot create, he resents or he rejects. That's where we are today. If man doesn't create it, he resents it or rejects it. And we're training uh, in our culture today to deny the existence of anything that I cannot explain. Anything that's bigger than me, we reject today. Anything that's greater than man, we want to discount it today. So we see in Numbers 23, verse 19, God is not a man. All right, so, so, so who, who is he? How does God operate? Uh, how do we relate to him? Well, John chapter 4, Jesus was having a, a discussion about religion with a lady. And then he comes to the bottom line, John 4, verse 23. He says, yet a time is coming, and look at this, and has what? Now come. John 4, verse 23. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when true worshipers will worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. Ready? For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. And then this statement, verse 24. God is a spirit. God is spirit. So Numbers says God's not a man. He's not a man. He is greater than us. He is not limited to how we're limited. He does not operate the way we operate. He is not confined to the things that confine us. God is not a man. He's not one of us. He created us. He is not on level with us. He is above us. 
And if he's not a man, then what is God? God is spirit. Notice it doesn't say a spirit. God is spirit. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, it's interesting to me. There are a lot of things that go on inside church buildings on Sunday. I want you to get this. And it may never even be worship. There are a lot of activities that may take place, but is it worship? Because the Bible says God is spirit. And if we're going to encounter him, know him, relate to him, connect with him, that doesn't happen by flesh. It happens by spirit. All right? You're with me. So, so I, I'm giving you a little theology on a supernatural God this morning. Is that all right? Is it, okay to, is it okay to learn some things and not just feel some things in church? Okay. So, so God is spirit. He's not man. God is a, listen to this statement, God is a spiritual, eternal, and immutable being. God is a spiritual, eternal, and immutable being with supernatural attributes and abilities. Ready? He dwells, since he's not man, but spirit. Where does God dwell? God dwells in the dimension of eternity, the spiritual realm. And he manifests himself and his works in visible form in our natural realm. So God doesn't dwell in human limitations. He doesn't dwell in the confines of time. God doesn't live in the restrictions of nature. He's eternal. He lives in the spirit realm. He dwells from that place of authority and creation. And the good news for you and I is that we would never be able to connect with Him there. But He connected with us here. And in His wisdom and love and grace and mercy, God who is eternal, spiritual, immutable manifest His love, mercy, kindness, and grace in this natural realm where we live so we can know Him. So the fact that He manifests Himself in our world, in our dimension, and our limitation does not mean He's limited by it. It just means He loves us so much He comes to where we are. Isn't that amazing? We could not go to where He is so He came to where we are. He is a supernatural God. So that means He's above this natural dimension. That means He's above and beyond. I want you to get this human reason. I cannot fully comprehend this supernatural God in the limited uh, uh, intellectual abilities that I have. I, I must have a Holy Spirit encounter in my life to connect me to the greatness of God. He lives above and beyond that, beyond human reason, and He's greater than our circumstances. How many are thankful for that? He lives above the laws of nature. Now think of this. Why, why does God rule over nature, live above nature, not defined by nature? Watch this. Because He's the one who created the laws of nature. Have you ever thought about that? Everything that this universe operates on, all the laws, like the laws of gravity, everything that, that man has discovered about how this solar system works, God created those things. And isn't it rather shallow, foolish, and self-centered to think that because I discovered what He did, that He's not there? Because I have enough intellect to understand what he designed, then I turn around and say to the designer, now that I see what you did, I don't need you. How foolish. 
All you did was discover what He put in place. But that's nothing close to creating what's in place. So what happens is that man wants to struggle and strain with the fact that God is supernatural. We, we struggle with He lives beyond our laws of nature. But we, if we step back a moment, He created those laws. And it's no problem for Him, get this, to intervene and set that law aside when you need a miracle in your life. For instance, if you're rowing in your boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and you're about to sink, he doesn't have to take a taxi. He just walks across the water. Well, well, how could he walk across the water? Well, let's think about it. He created the water. He created the law of gravity. He created mass and everything that physics has discovered. And at any point for your benefit, he says, you know, I'm going to put my finger on pause and walk through the laws I created to get to you we should be thankful that He's a supernatural God. Am I, am I being plain and not confusing here? So, if you think about this, if God were to be subjected to the laws of nature, He would no longer be God. Because how could He be subject to that which He created? He's the Creator. God, think of this, without His supernatural attributes, is just another dead religion. If you take the supernatural away from God, then he just, we just have a religion. We, we, we have no hope beyond ourselves. We have nothing but labor, and we have religion. So how did God step into this natural dimension where we live and dwell? Probably the, well, without a question, it's the greatest display of His heart and His nature. Think of this. God, and what I want you to see today, is that you are loved by a supernatural God. You were saved by a supernatural God. You were healed by a supernatural God. You've been delivered by a supernatural God. I, I told you that He dwells and lives in eternity in the spirit realm. He's not limited by nature, but He manifests Himself here. The greatest picture of that ever happening is Jesus Christ. He loved us so much that He took from that which is in eternity and placed His only begotten Son by the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin... Now, if that's not a miracle, that's not supernatural, I'm going home right now. Huh? And yet, we preach today in our, in our Western civilized religious places that God's not who He was and can't do what the Bible says. And yet, if you preach the gospel and give an altar call and you don't believe God's supernatural, you're a hypocrite. If that's not a miracle, if that's not supernatural... Then, then, then what is that? God loved us so much that He looked at our failure and our sin that began when Adam sinned in the garden and there was nothing man could do to restore that. And so God Himself came through His Son, Jesus Christ, placed in the womb of a virgin by the power of the Holy Spirit and birthed on this planet was a man, what was the humanity of man indwelt by the deity of God, the God-man the only one who has ever been and will ever be, came to be our Savior through sending His Son. So what happened? God looked at us and His love and His mercy and His grace caused Him to step from eternity into where we are. And so what happened? Heaven came to earth through Christ. See, that's what, that's what the supernatural is. It's when God... See, the supernatural is God's natural. Somebody sent me a YouTube thing yesterday. I thought, dear God, I mean, Steve Harvey, come on. I don't know that Steve would be the Reverend Steve Harvey or anything. 
You guys know who Steve Harvey is? Yeah, you know Steve. You know, he's got, he's a funny guy. He's kind of infamous lately because of the Miss Universe thing. But anyway, but Steve Harvey was interviewing and he, he's talking about how he had tried to live his life without God and now he's turned to God. He said, I'm not quite there. I'm not perfect and, and uh, on and on. But he, but he said, you know what I discovered? I laughed at this. I, I, should, I should have put this up here. He said, I just realized that all I can do is say, God, here's my natural. Will you put your super on it? And I thought if Steve Harvey could get that, why can't, the, why can't the people of God grab hold of that? Come on. Come on. I mean, do we have to have, do we have, to have Steve Harvey preach to the church? I mean, come on. How sad is that? What happens? The supernatural is God's natural. And because of His love and mercy and grace, He manifests that. And there are limited, restricted circumstances to show us who He is. Think of the miracles that came. But we have an issue here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Turn with me in verse number 9. So we, we understand. Are we on board with that? God's a supernatural God. Undeniably, unquestionably, He's a supernatural God. That's His nature. Supernatural is natural to God. Everybody with me on that? That's who He is. That's how He demonstrates Himself. And His mercy causes Him to step out of the supernatural realm that He lives in all the time for eternity and step into our limitations because we need His help. But we have an issue with this. Because, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Here's the issue. And here's where man struggles and, and wants to reject God and reject the supernatural and, 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 and act as if it can't exist because we are limited in our humanity. We are limited people trying to relate to an unlimited God. We need an encounter with His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Look at this. I guarantee you, if you've been at church at all, you've heard this one verse quoted a lot. Are you ready for it? However, as it is written, no eye is seen. Come on. You can almost hear the sing song in it, isn't it? You know, you, you want me to preach like the like some African American pastor, Frenchman? Well, no eye. Okay, I can't do it. All right. See, look, no eye has seen. Come on, that's one of these verses, isn't it? No ear has heard. No mind has conceived. What God has prepared for those who love Him. But that's what the Bible says. In our ability, are you with me? I know we love to promote ourselves. But somewhere we have to submit ourselves to something greater than us. If we're going to encounter the supernatural, read it again. What does the Bible say? No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has even conceived. Isn't that amazing? What God has prepared for those who love Him. And almost every time we stop right there. That's just where we always stop. So, well, we just don't know it. We can't see it. We don't realize it. We know it's out there somewhere. By faith we receive it, and that's good. Listen to me, but that's not good enough. Because he's not through here. Look at this. I love the next two verses, words in the next verse. But God. Look at this. He, okay, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us. Oh, wait a minute. You mean I can, uh, I can see what God sees and hear what God says and understand who God is and know what He prepared for me? Yes, I can. Why? Not through my mind, but it's revealed to us by what? His 
Spirit. So there we go. We don't walk around. I don't know who He is. I don't know where He is. I don't know what He's going to do someday, somewhere, sometime. It's going to be all right. No. God says, what your mind does not know, I have shown you by the Holy Spirit. You can know how great I am. Why do you want to go to the church of can't know? Why do you want to serve the God of can't know? When you can know the God of should know, will know, can know. Why would we settle for that side when one verse later he says, but I'm going to show you this by my Spirit. All right, I'm not through. Watch this. See, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Verse 11. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. All right? Verse 12. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. See what the Holy Spirit does? That's the connection. The Holy Spirit is the connection between this unlimited, eternal God and the limitations of physical man. We're connected. Verse 12. We not receive the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God. Verse 13. This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. Now look at verse 14. Hold the fort. Look at this. The man, the woman, without the Spirit. See that S is capital in there? The Holy Spirit. So the person who is not born again. I want to make a statement right now. It's going to rattle you. The Bible was not written for unsaved people. This Bible was never written for an unsaved person. It's not for unsaved people. You're not going to understand it when you're unsaved. God never intended that you were. You don't come to God through your intellect. You come to God through your faith. Through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Watch this. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Quit preaching to your unsaved family. And just love them. Now, when I say preaching, tell them about Jesus. What I, mean, what I want to say, let me be clear. Quit trying to change the behavior of your unsaved family. Alright? Because it's the nature of a sinner to sin. Until his nature changes, he's going to sin. You can bark at him, yell at him, take things away from him. They're going to sin. They're a sinner. Now, that doesn't mean you let your crazy kids tear the house up. Either they respect you and act right or they can go get a job. Take care of their own sorry self. All right. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit for they are foolishness to him. Look at this. And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Do you see that? That we serve a supernatural God. Who, who doesn't dwell in the limitations that we have. But the good news is, He finds us. He manifests Himself. He shows Himself to us. How do we encounter Him? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. We are able to encounter the one true living God. Do you see, we, we read, I don't have time, please study this this week. Make another note here. You need, to, you, you need to go back and read the encounter with Jesus, Nicodemus, and Nicodemus in John 3. Nicodemus was educated, rich, and religious. Can I say that again? Educated, rich, and religious. And didn't have a clue about the kingdom of God. He came to Jesus at night. Kind of like people are doing now. It's not cool to be a Christian in some places now. 
And, and so Nicodemus sneaks around at night and comes to Jesus that, look, I don't understand you, but I know you have to be from God or you couldn't do the miracles that you do. Do you know that the supernatural manifestation of God through signs, wonders, and miracles will tell the greatest skeptic there has to be a God? The revelation of the supernatural is what will change the skeptical culture that we're living in today. We do not need less of the supernatural now. We need more of the supernatural intervention of God than we ever had in our whole Christian experience. And it is not to be limited to the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers or the Sundays or the Wednesdays or the revival services or the church building. It is to be a lifestyle, not an event through the body of Christ and flow through all of us everywhere we go. But unless we understand and believe and, and, and get our arms around this and our faith, it becomes something that is unexpected and unplanned. Listen, why would you go to a supernatural God and not expect Him to do something supernatural? Why would you go to a restaurant and not expect food? Why would you go to work and not expect a check? Why would you pray and not expect God to not answer the prayer? Okay. So we see this issue. Nicodemus comes, slipping around at night, embarrassed to be seen with Jesus. He says, look, I'm confused. What you're doing is obviously a demonstration of God. But I don't get who you are. And Jesus just stopped. He said, look, man. He said, you can't even see the kingdom of God until you're born again. And watch this. What is the natural mind? We just read it. The natural mind doesn't understand the things of God. They're foolishness to him. And so Nicodemus, who is rich and educated and religious, says, what do you mean, born again? I'm going to go back as a grown man to my mother's womb? That's exactly what he asked him. Now, they say, we're foolish. And he says, I don't get this. And Jesus said, no, you don't. And he said, unless you're born of the Spirit, you're never going to see the kingdom. You have to be born again. You have to come and say, you know what, I can do this, I can do that, I can do all these things, but God, I can't do what you can do. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to come live in my life. And I accept what you did on the cross. It's the only way I'm ever going to come to God. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit begins to indwell your life. And now I'm connected with the supernatural God who created all the universe. And I have the ability to understand and know who He is. See, we, if, I, I don't have time. I wish I had more time. To, to do this, my gracious goodness. I was just going to say, some Sunday, I'm going to have enough faith to do here. I, I was going to tell you, look at the miracles. The first thing I was going to say is, is where the sun stood still. Time. You know, someday I'm going to be preaching, the clock's just going to stop. I'll get like 30 more minutes. It, it'll still be the same time when we get through. You understand, like 9 o'clock, it just stops. It's, it, it's, I'm going to preach 30 minutes and it'll still be 9 o'clock when I'm done. You understand? And then, in, anyway. Is he a supernatural God? What, what does the scripture say? He stops the sun when Joshua prayed. Huh? At Sodom and Gomorrah, if things are difficult enough, fire rains down and destroys a region. Huh? What about uh, in the desert when, when, when the bush is on fire and speaks to Moses, but it's not consumed? What about, uh, you know, Aaron's rod? 
turning into a snake and back into a rod? What about the signs and miracles in Egypt, the ten things? What about the Red Sea party? What about manna falling every day to feed a million people? What about water coming out of a rock? What, what about earthquakes to drive off the Philistines? What about the walls of Jericho falling down? What about an axe head floating? What about Samson with the strength to, to, to kill a lion, tear down the columns of the Philistines? What about Abraham at a hundred fathering a child with a 90-year-old sterile woman? What about a shepherd named David killing a giant with a rock? What about the widow of Zarephath whose flower never ran out for three years? What about a donkey talking to a reluctant prophet? What about Elijah's sacrifice on Mount Carmel when the fire falls down? What about rain falling after a drought? What about the prophet being healed, uh, Naaman being healed when the prophet spoke to him? What about raising men from the dead? What about throwing Elisha's bones in a cave? And when his bone, when the dead body hit the bones of a dead man, the dead man came back to life. He's a supernatural God. What about Jesus? Turned the water into wine. Healed ten lepers. Straightened the back of a woman who had been bent for many years. Healed the blind beggar by the pool. Restored the sight to the blind man. Raised the son of the widow of Nain. Delivered the daughter of the Phoenician woman. Cast out demons. Raised Lazarus from the dead. Multiplied bread and fish and fed 5,000. Walked on the water. Provided money out of the mouth of a fish. Cursed the fig tree and it died. Just a few things. And then you go to the book of Acts, and I just got to stop. There's a miracle in every single chapter of the 28 chapters of the book of Acts. He is a supernatural God who, by His love and mercy, chooses to manifest His greatness in our limited natural world. That is the God who we serve. And He is nothing less than that and never will be. But we have to understand... That we have to trust Him, believe in Him, believe He is who He says He is, and, and realize that, that He gave us this thing called faith, trust, that says, I get it. I get it. I live in a limited dimension. I am limited to my five physical senses and what my brain is able to comprehend. I am limited in my human ability, but I trust in my God who is unlimited in His ability. And so faith means, even though I can't see it, touch it, feel it, smell it, do it, it's not left up to me in the first place. I just trust the God who's not limited in any of those areas in my life. Faith is not some blind jump off a bridge hoping somebody, something, somewhere is going to work. It's not buying a lottery ticket. It's not rubbing a rabbit's foot. It's not calling up the psychic. It's not going to tunica and praying some lame prayer. God's going to override that and do something good. Faith is trust in the God, not a God, who has revealed Himself for millennia to His people. Evidence. That's faith. It's, it's, it, it's like my, you know, it, it's my antenna that, that, that I connect in my natural to the supernatural power of God. I told you earlier, common sense, reason, and logic are good, but they'll never create a miracle. They'll never create a miracle. I have to be honest enough to humble myself and lay that down and say, God, I don't understand. Are you, can I give you some good news? But I don't have to. God, I can't explain it. But I don't have to. 
You do it all the time. I guarantee you that you cannot, nor can I, adequately explain all the engineering just in the cars we drove to church today. But you climb in that puppy and turn it on, don't give it a second thought. You can't explain that. Most of us couldn't fix it if it broke. We don't understand it. But we, somebody did it, and we certainly utilize it. And wh- wh- what about all, all the things we do on, you know, on the Internet, social media? Do, do you know how that works? Do you know how that works? And what happens to make this do that and this connect to that and all that happens? You, you, you and I can explain that. But, boy, we use it, don't we? Well, look, boy, this is great. Come on, look. You know, got grandma on this. When the Israeli guys were here, uh, the gentleman from Israel, they, they, they showed me, said, do you have the WhatsApp? And I said, I, I said, what are you saying? The WhatsApp. I said, what's up? That's what we say. What? No, not what's up, WhatsApp. I said, no, I guess I don't have it because I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, it's an app created by an Israeli group. And so he, he said, give me your phone. I gave him my phone. There it is, Pastor. Now, now, I've got WhatsApp. You've got WhatsApp. No, you probably already know about this. I just, you know, I'm not. He, and he says, now you can text me or call me, and it, it's no charge anywhere in the world because we both have this app to share. We, we can do that. Now, I can't tell you exactly. Theoretically, I understand that. But tell you exactly how that happened and how you developed that app and who wrote that, I have no idea. But I've used it to talk to Israel a few times. So faith is not a blind, naive, illiterate, unintelligent action. It is a bold, strong trust in the God who has proved himself time and time and time again. And you say, God, I trust in you. Now, I I, I need to wrap up here. I I should have already wrapped up, but I'm, I'm trying to wrap up. Let me give you some good news. I want our musician, who's ever going to play? Come on. I want to give you some good news. Because right now, you and I need a fresh manifestation of the supernatural power of God. And can I tell you, God's with us right now. I want you right now to begin to take a minute and come on. And just begin to begin to reach out to Him in your faith right now. Right where you are. I want you to begin to say, God, I, I trust you. Come on, just begin to talk to Him for a minute. You can talk to Him while I'm talking. God, I trust you. God, I realize that you're supernatural. I realize that there's nothing too hard for you. I realize that that supernatural is just your natural. I realize that that's just words we've tried to use to define a God who's beyond description. And Lord, I realize that the devil and the world has hijacked that word supernatural. And there are counterfeits and substitutes, but none of them are equal to you. And God, there could not be a counterfeit substitute supernatural without the genuine original. So today, God, begin to build our faith. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to begin to bring faith in your heart right now? Because I want to tell you the two ways, and we end with this, how do I get in touch with the supernatural power of God? Because, Pastor, I have some things going on in my life today that are bigger than I am. Come on, don't, don't you sense the presence of God right now beginning to step in this room with us? Right now. Right now. I want to begin to release through the Word the supernatural power of God is with us right now. He's with us right now. Come on, just begin to say, God, I, I trust you. 
You may want to raise your hand and say, Lord, I trust you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you right now. My, 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 my. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I welcome you. I welcome you, God. Holy Spirit, manifest the supernatural glory of God in this place today. See, there are two ways that, that, that you encounter the supernatural power of God. Notice I never said the supernatural. I said the supernatural presence of God. Not some force or entity or energy, but God. That's just a description of God. God is supernatural. And God, we welcome you in this place. Come on, walk in this room with us right now. Lord, don't let our limitations of reason and doubt limit you. How do I get in touch with God's supernatural power? Do you know what the number one thing is? You have to have an impossibility. (laughs) See, you thought you had to have something positive. I'm telling you, you have to have an impossibility. Because if I never encounter something bigger than me, then I never reach beyond myself. Anybody got an impossibility in your life today? Then you're lined up for the supernatural power of God right now. You'll never find it if you don't need it. You'll never encounter God unless you realize I need something beyond me. So the first way that you and I encounter the manifestation of a supernatural power is that we've encountered an impossibility in our life. And the Bible says what's impossible with men is just possible with God. Able, strong, and mighty. That Greek word possible is dinatos. It means the potential of God is resident in what's impossible in your life. And the other way that I encounter the presence of God's supernatural power is hunger. It's hunger. God, I'm hungry. I want you to stand to your feet with me right now. Come on, everybody. Let's don't, let's don't move around and we're not over. We're coming in the presence of God. We're coming in the presence of God. Lord, we've got some impossibilities in our life, but they're nothing to you. God, we're dealing with some things that are, that are beyond our ability, but they're nothing to you. God, we thank you. See, see, that's what healing is. That's what a miracle is. God, I'm, I have sickness in my body and I can't find a solution. But God, I believe that what's impossible with man is possible with God. God, I believe one touch of your supernatural power can drive sickness and pain out of my body. God, step into my natural with your supernatural. Step from the eternity of heaven into the limitations of now. And God, do something now. See, faith is about now. Faith isn't for tomorrow or yesterday. Faith is now. God, now we release you out of the supernatural eternity into the present of our impossibility right now, God. 